0: Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday night Fuel virtual experience. Always good. My honor to be before you. As you can see, I'm here in the sanctuary of the cathedral. I'm still processing um, what has happened as we just recently celebrated 19 years. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of you who have text or sent messages to my wife and I uh to the team to our leaders at the marketplace thank you so much for those who came and worshiped with us thank you we'll thank you guys again on sunday but we are grateful for 19 years of serving the lord 19 years of uh, learning and growing as leaders and developing uh the skill set necessary to lead the Lord's people. We're just, we're grateful. I'm still processing the word of the Lord that was given on Sunday and really taking to heart what God has been saying through this Lenten season that we're in, this season of sacrifice, um, this season of meditating on the word, this season of intentionality, if you will. It is apropos. That uh, we receive such a word to reflect on our responsibility at the cathedral, at Marketplace, to be Antioch and to really carry the name Christian well. Today, as we are right on the cusp of a new series that we're starting on Sunday, we're coming out of a time where we've been talking about disengaging disengaging from anything and everything which is outside of God's will and we're going to start engaging uh with the will of God and what it looks like to engage on a higher and and deeper level i really have one more thing that i want to say transitionally if you will as we're moving from disengaging to reengaging just just one other piece of revelation that I want to kind of introduce into our new creation vocabulary and our new creation um, mindset that we have been developing. We, we said at the beginning of the year that we're really, we're, 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 we're trying to move into the newness of life, you know, no longer bound, no longer that old man You know, we're moving into the newness of life and it's important that we let go, you know, leaving those things behind and pressing forward to those things ahead is what Paul said. So let's pray. And then after I pray, we're going to jump into the word of the Lord for just a little bit. I'm going to teach for um, as long as the Lord um, tells me to teach on this this virtual platform. I have quite a bit here to say, Um, but if I don't finish, I don't finish. Father, I thank you. I'm grateful, God, for who you are and what you do. Give us ears to hear. Give me the strength to deliver with clarity and precision. And then, God, make us doers of the word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Now, as we are preparing to move forward, there's one thing I want to say before I get into the meat of what I want to really deal with tonight, and I, and I want everybody to write this down, and you can really kind of put this, this is a kind of an in-between, it's a transitional uh, teaching, if you will, between our disengagement and our re-engagement, but it really sets the stage for our new series, which is going to begin on Sunday. Please write this, yielding to God is foundational To our spiritual growth and our freedom. One more time. Yielding to God is foundational to our spiritual growth and our subsequent freedom. Third time. Yielding to God is foundational to our spiritual growth and subsequent freedom. James chapter 4. I was with you guys here last week. James chapter 4. And... We're going to begin here at verse 6. And in James chapter 4, we know that James written to believers. And in James chapter 4, verse 6, it says, But he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Look at verse 7. Submit, therefore, to God. Right there. Submit. That word submission. There's our yielding. Submit, therefore, to God. Submit, therefore. So when 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 James adds that term, therefore, we know that submission relates to humility. So he says, wait a minute, he gives grace to the humble, but he understands that in order to achieve humility, there must be submission. Write that in order to achieve humility, there must be submission. Or yielding. Yielding is the requirement. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Submit, resist. I want you to see that in order, though. There is no resistance without submission. One more time. There is no resistance. You cannot get to the resist the devil if you have yet to submit. Why? Because we need the Lord to empower our resistance. Lord have mercy. We need... The power of God living and moving and developing and growing and manifesting and pouring out of us in order for our resistance to actually be effective. Otherwise, we are resisting in our own strength. So I must submit to God and then resist as a product of that submission. Yielding to God is foundational to our growth and our freedom, because when I resist, here's the freedom. He flees. He flees. He, he, he runs away from us. He understands through our submission that he's defeated. He recognizes through our submission that he has no power over us. He recognizes through our submission to God that we are not submitted to him. That we are not submitted to the ways of the world, that we are not submitted to to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And so our submission to God, our yielding to God is a signal to the devil that he has no authority, no foothold, no stronghold upon us. Submission or yielding is the essential precursor to our resistance. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. I want you to notice that. Draw near to God. That's, that's yielding. That's yielding. And the response is he will draw near to us. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Those are the products of yielding. Be miserable and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. That doesn't sound right. Humble yourself. That's, that's yielding. In the presence of the Lord, and he'll exalt you. Why would you tell me to be miserable and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned? Why would you tell me that? Because James here is putting us in a place of recognition. Get low. That, that, that be miserable and mourn and weep and let your laughter be turned to mourning and your, your joy to gloom. What he's doing is he's speaking against our self-initiated Arrogance. Like come to a place where you recognize that apart from him, you can do nothing. Come to a place where you recognize that all of our help cometh from the Lord. This is not about losing your joy because we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. This is about losing our arrogance. This, and how do you know that? It's because contextually, this is about the juxtaposition between the proud and the humble. But to come out of that, you have to yield. You have to yield. So the first thing that I want to make sure that you have clear is that yielding to God is foundational to growth and freedom. Under that, submission or yielding is the essential precursor to resistance. Therefore, with, with that introductory kind of foundational premise out of the way. Today, I want to deal with stages of yieldedness. Stages of yieldedness. What do you mean? All of us are not yielded to the same degree. Lord have mercy. Some of us have only yielded either a portion of us or we've only yielded to glory a certain level. I, as we move into this engaging series, want us to yield all the way. The Bible doesn't say in James, you know, submit a little or just submit a portion. As a matter of fact, even in Romans 12, present your body, like present it all a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And with that being the case, I want to talk about the stages. And I want you to find yourself in these stages. Let me say this, and I'm going to give you a a scripture. Go ahead and turn to Colossians 3. Each stage of yieldedness, each stage gets us closer and closer. Each stage of yieldedness, there's less of the old man. There's less of the stain, if you will. There's there's, there's less of what used to be. When you are born again, your spirit, boom, is instantly in alignment. You're born again spirit. But the mind has to be renewed. So each stage produces more. It produces more. As I yield more, I gain more ability. For instance... If I was a musician, I was a musician growing up, and there were certain things that I only, I I was only able to do it once I yielded to the practice necessary to get it done. Hallelujah. I had to yield to a different regimen in order to produce a different result. Y'all hearing me? Some of you are not yielded enough to receive what you're praying for. Ooh, write that down. Some of you are not yielded enough to receive what you are praying for. Furthermore, some of you are not yielded enough to even pray for what you should. As Romans says, you don't know how to pray as you should. The Holy Spirit. But some of us haven't yielded that far. The Holy Spirit makes groanings too deep for words. You know, and some of us haven't yielded to that. So you can't get to that yet. So each stage of yielding. Glory. Each stage of yielding produces more and more. Each stage of yielding shows us more of him. While transforming us more and more into his image and after his likeness. This is what renewal Looks like as a matter of fact, look at Colossians 3. Colossians 3. Let's start. I know some of you are getting tired of Colossians, but we'll be here all year. Verse 8. But now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self. There it's gone with its evil practices. There, they're gone. Have put on the new self. Watch this. Who is this new self being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him? So once the new man is put on, there's a renewal that needs to take place. Stages of yieldedness. So with these stages of yieldedness, in order for us to really begin to see these in clarity, I want to look at the life of Peter. And we're going to use Peter's life, um, not in totality, but we're going to use aspects of Peter's life and Peter's journey in order to see these stages of yieldedness as a principle. I don't want you to think that you can only see these principles in Peter's life because that's not true. You can extrapolate these principles and see them, but I want you to find yourself. I want you to find yourself in These stages, what stage are you at? Remember each stage, there's renewal taking place. And and, and we want to yield more and more till we get to not my will, but your will be done till we get to, you know, here you have all of me. See, sometimes we say God has all of us, but we haven't given him all of it yet. It's, it's nice to say, Lord, you have all of me. But does he? Does the Lord truly have all of you? Or does the Lord only have the portion of you that you've yielded? All right, let's look at this. We're going to look and I'm going to try my best to get through three stages, three stages. See if I can do that. Maybe I'll get through more. But let me see if I can get through three stages of yielding. Number one, the first stage of yielding that that is absolutely essential is the changing of source. In other words, you must yield to the reality that your source for everything is the Lord. This is important. Your source for everything. Not just your source for praise, not just your source for a shout, not just your source for a miracle. Watch this. But your source for everything. Everything pertaining pertaining to life and godliness. Everything. I want you this is this is foundational stuff. Have you yielded to the reality that the Lord is your source for everything. Let's, let's, let's look at this. Matthew chapter 4. And let's start at verse 18. Now, this is the calling of the disciples, but I want you to pay attention to this principally. Now, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon, who was called Peter. Peter. And Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. Watch this. For they were fishermen, which means that they made their living fishing. They're identified as fishermen. Mm. Their activity is fishing. Their livelihood comes from fishing. Their support comes from fishing. They fed themselves, they clothed themselves, they are fishermen. And he said to them, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. 20, immediately they left their nets and followed him. Immediately they left their source. They walked away from the thing they knew for something they didn't know. At this point, they do not know that Jesus is going to die a brutal death. They do not know that Jesus is going to be hunted. They do not know that he's going to be hated. They do not know that they're going to see signs, wonders and miracles. Peter at this point does not know that he's going to be sent out. He has no idea about the persecution. He has no idea about the ridicule, but the first stage of yieldedness even without the knowing, was shift your source. It's vital. The source immediately went from, I'm a fisher. I'm a fisherman. This is who I am. This is how I sustain myself. This is how I live, to I follow Jesus. And the truth is, some of us are seeking things, but your source hasn't shifted yet. So you pray, but in your heart, you still have a different source. You worship, but in your heart, you have a different source. You praise, but in your heart, you have a different source. Therefore, the foundation of your yieldedness is already broken. Because when you, even when you ask God for something, you're asking amiss. Because what's happening is you're saying, well, I'm going to ask God for it. And God, if you don't do it as quickly as I want, or if you don't give me what I, what I want, what I think, what I desire... You were never my source in the first place. See, that's the question. Have you yielded in this this, this foundational thing? Have you yielded to the Lord as your source? Think about this principle. In principle, leave what you know. Leave what's comfortable. Leave what sustains you. And come over here with me. You see it in Abraham. You see it in David. It's all through the scripture. You see it with Paul principally. It's the shifting of source. You see it with Moses. You see it with Noah. This is what you know. Come over here to something that you have no idea about and trust me. If that is not where you are, if that level of yieldedness hasn't taken place, it must to go to the next level. This be, be mindful. This is at the onset of the ministry of Jesus. They've seen no signs. They've seen no wonders. They've seen no miracles. All they had was a was a command to follow. It's the first stage. Of yieldedness. Right there. I just just want to stop. Lord have mercy. I'm trying to get through at least three. Right there. I just want to stop. Because. I think many of us are skipping over. This stage of yieldedness. Asking God for things that require higher stages. But the Lord is saying to many of you. Who are listening to me right now. You haven't even changed sources yet. Because if you change sources. You don't get worried when all those other sources that you used to be connected to, when they break, when they become unstable, teach. So when you watch the news and they say the Dow Jones is following, falling, you watch the news and they say gas prices are increasing. You watch the news and they say the job numbers are plummeting. You don't get as concerned because instead of you worrying about how you're going to be taken care of, your source shifted. So you can start praying for those who have yet to make this initial step of yieldedness. Pay attention. That even uh, even with the feeding of the five thousand, watch this. I'm about to show you something. Even with the feeding of the five thousand when the 5,000 men were there, let alone the women and the children, right? And they're hungry. The 12 never worried about them eating. (laughs) They worried about their ability to be able to feed the multitude because the 12 had already um, passed the stage of yieldedness that said, Jesus was going to feed them. They just hadn't got to the stage of yieldingness, which proved that Jesus could feed others through them. Their source had already changed. Number two, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll get stuck there. Hallelujah. Because somebody somebody's in stage one, but I need to give you stage two so that you can recognize that you're only in stage one. Some of you haven't accomplished stage one yet, but yet, and still you you know, you, you think you're you're further than what you are. Here's here's stage, here's stage two. And this clearly builds upon stage one. The second stage of yieldedness is the acceptance of the supernatural. The acceptance of the supernatural. What you will find is Right after they yield, they start seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. They're seeing it. They're seeing it. They're watching Jesus do all of these great things. Even Peter's mother-in-law gets healed, and, 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 and they can see it with their own eyes. But sometimes you don't accept it until it hits you directly. And so in Matthew 14, watch this. Mm, mm, mm. In Matthew 14, let's look at verse 28. So Jesus is on the water at this point, walking on the water. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Stop. If it is you, which means that what Peter is seeing right now is so beyond His comprehension so beyond his ability to be able to wrap his own cognitive understanding around it that he's not even sure that that's Jesus out there. He knows he sees it, but there's not clarity. And so he has to make a if it's you. Verse 29, he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. And came toward Jesus. Please notice this conversation is taking place. Jesus is on the water. Peter is on the boat. He's unwilling to come out of the boat, his current stage of yieldedness, because he's a fisher. He's comfortable there. He's unwilling to come out of the boat until he received word, which means at the stage of yieldedness that he's at, he could not act. Act. Until he was he had verified that that was indeed the Lord. Uh, But seeing so, so he's out on the water now. Verse 29. Peter got out of the boat. He's he walked on the water. Came toward Jesus. So we know that this supernatural is happening. But seeing the wind. So we have a diversion of focus. Seeing the wind. He became So he wasn't frightened. He wasn't frightened when he stepped out. Fear did not come until focus was diverted. Fear did not come until focus was diverted. One more time. Fear did not come until focus was diverted. Mm. He forgot stage one. The changing of source. You're the source of my protection, just like you're the source of, Of my food, just like you're the source of my shelter, just like you're the source of everything that we've seen up to this point. Naturally, you're also the source of my protection. Ah, But 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 what happened is he diverted to the issue. He forgot who his source was. He changed what he saw. He became frightened and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith. Why did you doubt when they got into the boat? The wind stopped and those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, you are certainly God's son. Boom. Now, you shouldn't have to go through that to come to you are certainly. But some of us are at that stage where you had to see something to get to the certain. You had to see, even through this issue with Peter, he had to come to the point where, man, it's true. It's true. I've seen these signs. I've seen these wonders. I've seen these miracles. But when it hits me, it's true. And, and, and you have to yield to that. You have to accept. You have to accept the supernatural. But this brings me to, yeah, this is the last one. The revelation and declaration of authority. The revelation and declaration of authority. Let's look at Matthew 16. Mm, mm, mm. Y'all wanted to get further, but I need to stop here. Matthew 16, and let's start at verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? They said, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, I'm going to stop here purposefully because I need you to hear this. Stage one, changing of source. Have you yielded to the Lord as your source? Stage two, the acceptance of the supernatural. Do you believe That the Lord can operate above natural for you. Are you there? Stage three, the revelation and declaration of authority. Peter had to make a declaration here. This is who you are. And not just who you are. This is who you are in light of others. This is who other people are. But this is who you are in light of that. This is who you are in light of myself. So when it comes to understanding that he's the Christ, that means that you've understood that he is Lord and Savior. You've yielded to that. Like you've I submit to you as source. I submit to you as the author of the supernatural. Like I submit to you as the one who is the Christ. You're not. Just somebody who every once in a while does something great. See, that was what the other people. Look at that. John the Baptist did great things. Elijah did great things. Jeremiah did great things. Other the prophets. He says, no, 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 no. you're none of that. You're not just another guy. You're not just another person with a word. You're the Christ. You stand alone. You're one and only. You're in a class by yourself. Do you submit to that? Because if you submit to that, you also submit to there is none like him. You also submit to the devil is beneath him. You also submit to there is no problem bigger than him. If you submit to his identity, you know that he's Lord of Lords. He's King of Kings. He's the great I am. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. It is submission to authority and declaring that. Now, here's the interesting thing about the declaring. And this is, I mean, I know you guys have heard that, but please don't turn me off here in terms of of, of listening. The willingness to declare openly was paramount in this text. And this is why. In this text, contextually, we have 12 disciples. All of them have been called by one Jesus. All of them are asked the same question. Watch it. Peter doesn't answer first. Stay with me. Peter makes his answer after they have made their answer, which means, watch this, Peter is willing to say something different than his peers. Listen, he's willing to declare openly a view that differs from everybody else who's supposed to be on his level, who's supposed to be and say exactly what he is. Others who Peter started with had already given their answer, but Peter's answer was different. Here's my thing, and this is why I want to end on this level of yielding. Have you yielded to the place where the people you started with, those who may not think it takes all of that, Those who may not be operating in faith like you, those who may uh, not be trying to crucify their flesh, those who are just happy to go to church. Are you willing to have a different answer than them? Hear me, pastors. Are you willing to have a different answer than your other pastors? To stand on this word, even when it's not popular among your peers. I know what's going on. I know what trend and, you know, I know that, that, that it's difficult sometimes to stand. To be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. But have you yielded to the revelation and declaration of true authority? When everybody else is going one way, are you willing to go on the narrow path? Yield, Yielding. Yielding is. It's not something that you can just say, well, I'll get there with each level of yielding source, supernatural authority right after this, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. It's right after that. There's more. There was a, there was a depth. Peter did not get the keys of the kingdom when he left his boat. Peter did not get the keys of the kingdom when he walked on water. Peter did not get the keys of the kingdom until he was willing to rightly answer who the Lord is. That's a yielding in the face of others who did not have the same answer. See, some of us, even if we thought he was the Christ, wouldn't have said so. For fear, for fear of disappointing our peers. Jesus didn't rebuke them. Matter of fact, even after he gave Peter the keys, he never rebuked the people who thought he was somebody else. Peter was the only one willing to speak up. They say you're this. They say you're this. What do you say? What do you guys say? Peter's like, oh, hold on. You're the Christ of Christ, yielding. If we're going to move forward, if we're going to continue to stay disengaged and re-engage, we're going to be walking that newness of life, as it says in Romans. You got to yield fully and finally. I'll end there. May God bless you. May heaven smile upon you and give you peace. This is my prayer.